0: Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of Job, and we're in chapter 28. Like I said last time, we're not going to read Job word for word, the same as what we did in the book of Psalms. So I highly encourage you to go through and read Job word for word as it goes through the discussions of all four of the people that offer him counsel, and then every single word that the Lord says. So we pick up this week in chapter 28. And it's basically talking about the price of wisdom being far beyond rubies, the value of wisdom having more value than anything that there is on earth. And verse 12, it says, but where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? Man does not comprehend its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says it is not in me. The sea says it is not with me. It cannot be bought with the finest gold. Nor can its price be weighed in silver. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? Verse 23 says, God understands the way to it and he alone knows where it dwells. He ends chapter 28 by saying, And he said to man, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To shun evil, that is understanding. In chapter 29, Job continues his discourse, basically where he's saying, like, what is it that I have done? He wants to be right before the Lord. And so he's saying, what have I done? Same thing in chapter 30 and 31. He continues to say, if he says, if I have put my trust in gold, if I have rejoiced over my great wealth, if I have regarded the sun in its radiance then these would be sins to be judged for i would have been unfaithful to god on high if i have rejoiced at my enemy's misfortune if i have concealed my sin as men do if my land cries out against me if i have devoured its yield without payment then let briars come up instead of wheat and weeds instead of barley and this is where the words of Job are ended, the end of chapter 31. Now, picking up in chapter 32, we are introduced to the fourth counselor. His name is Elihu. It says, So these three men stopped answering Job, and this is the author of the book of Job telling us this, because he was righteous in his own eyes. But Elihu, son of Berachel, the family of Ram, Became very angry with Job for justifying himself rather than God. He was also angry with the three friends because they had found no way to refute Job and yet had condemned him. Now Elihu had waited before speaking to Job because they were older than he. But when he saw the three men had nothing more to say, his anger was aroused. He says, But it is the spirit in a man, the breath. Of the Almighty that gives him understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. Therefore, listen to me. So he's saying, I feel like I might have something valuable to say. And then he goes on to explain to Job also what he thinks that he's been doing wrong, maybe why he is being condemned. He doesn't know that, or he at least overlooks the fact that Job is actually asking God, show me what it is that I'm doing wrong. But Elihu continues also through chapter 34, 35, 36, 37. And that ends his speech. Picking up in chapter 38 is when the Lord speaks. I'm going to try to include as much of this as I can, because we obviously don't want to Uh, Take for granted anything that the Lord says. So, starting in 38, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid out the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstone, while the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors, when it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, This far you may come and no farther, here, Is where your proud waves halt. Have you given orders to the morning? Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light? Have you entered the storehouses of snow and seen the storehouses of hail which I reserve for times of trouble? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path? For the thunderstorm. Can you bind the beautiful Pleiades? Can you loose the cords of Orion? Can you bring forth the constellations in their season? Or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of heaven when the dust becomes hard and the clods of earth stick together? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Who let the wild donkey go free? Who untied his ropes? Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Do you give the horse his strength? Do you make him leap like a locust? Does the hawk take flight because of your wisdom? Does the eagle soar at your command? The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. And then Job answers the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice. But I will say no more. The Lord again says to Job out of the storm, Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you will answer me. Will you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's, and can your voice thunder like his? Look at the behemoth, which I made long ago. What strength he has in his loins, what power in the muscles of his belly. Can anyone capture him by the eyes? Or trap him and pierce his nose? Can you pull in the leviathan with a fish hook? Or tie down his tongue with a rope? Any hope of subduing him is false. He goes on to discuss the strength of the creatures that he's created. Then chapter 42, Job. It says, Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked. Who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. So he recognizes I thought I knew who you were. I thought I understood who you are. But now I know. And I despise myself for the things that I thought. And I repent to the point of dust and ashes. Then the book of Job ends with its epilogue. Then picking up in verse 7, it says, After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So those were the three friends that began condemning Job and telling him what he was doing wrong. The Lord is saying, you were out of line. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you. According to your folly, you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliaphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. So after these men condemned Job and told him what he was doing wrong, Job turns around and prays for them, and the Lord hears Job's prayer and forgives these men. After Job had prayed for his friends, The Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him at his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought upon him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemina, the second Keziah, and the third Hapio. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, after it says, Job lived a 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation, and so he died old and full of years. So the blessings that came in the latter part of his life were even greater than in the first part. When he thought he knew God, and he was a righteous man, and he He loved the Lord, and then after really knowing the Lord, it changed his life again, and then the Lord blessed him more than he could have ever imagined. So I, again, encourage you to go and and really read and study and understand the book of Job and how powerful it is and the understanding of creation. Like when we were going through creation in Genesis, we referred to Job a lot because When the Lord speaks, he explains a lot of the creatures that he made and and just the vastness of the earth and how he formed it. So please do that. Take the time to read that in its entirety. And with that, we end the book of Job.